Welcome back to Season 2 of That's So Second Millennium, the Catholic Science Podcast, where we look forward to the new synthesis in the new millennium between faith, philosophy, and science. Welcome back to That's So Second Millennium, Episode 86. So this is Bill and I, uh, really today just discussing the gold mass that took place in Indianapolis this past weekend. Uh, it really is just kind of a local flavor type of podcast. If you have absolutely zero interest in the city of Indianapolis and uh, the local community here, uh, well, you are certainly, as always, free to pass this one by. Um, if you're like me and you listen to podcasts at time and a half speed, it's a beautiful thing, by the way, if you don't know about that trick, um, listening to it at 2x speed uh, is probably about the right speed for this <laughs> for this discussion. I listened to it at that speed uh, while I was uh, making decisions of what to cut, and I think it it's a little, it's a lot peppier and goes at about the right speed at 2x. So you may want to do that. Um, but you know, I mean, it's fun and it's it's just a little you know. I like listening to little details of personal lives. If you like that, then this is exactly the sort of thing. And I did certainly make sure to cut a lot of the wandering. So we just. Um, yeah, so we talk about what happened and a little bit of local character in Indianapolis and the, uh, the German uh, heritage and automobile racing. And then uh, do a little bit of uh, meditation actually on the readings from the mass that we have for the gold mass and uh, the vocation of scientists. So, yeah, if you really wanted to, you I suppose you could cut to uh, you could skip to 18 minutes and just catch that part there at the end of the pocket. Well, it'll be 18 minutes. It'll probably be about 19 or 20 with this intro added on. And next week... It may be a solo episode from me. I want to talk a little bit about fun things like uh, the end of the world. Yes, yes, I think that would be a lot of fun for uh, the late November uh, liturgical season right after Christ the King. Yeah, the gold mass. Uh, it, that, I, uh, I guess you told me that there was going to be a follow-up dinner, but that's really cool that there was and that yeah, the reporter I mean, was that there. Was, that's really kind of the minimum that the Society of Catholic Scientists puts out there is that you know you have a mass, you ask the archbishop for permission, and uh well if you have an archbishop if you have a bishop you do you know the you do the appropriate thing and uh yeah and then you have a gathering afterward because after all that is the that is the foremost goal of the society is to uh foster simply fellowship among catholic scientists so we don't feel so uh, alone facing the world since we're really not yes yes well said and uh, and that the mass really uh, uh points that out uh, because not only are you gathered there among other scientists in solidarity but you're there in communion uh liturgically and with god and uh that uh, that's got to give encouragement yeah 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 so it was i mean it was very simple so we had uh father larry rickert um mm-hmm. who uh i believe he's i believe he's actually a retired priest but he was he was there and uh, he he actually uh, he almost overdid it trying to prepare for, yeah prepare for the mass. So uh, I stopped in a half an hour early to uh, to just check in with them and uh, and ask that uh, I, I I intended to ask that well I did ask that uh, a book of you know a blessing from the book of blessings be said over us at the end, but wow. but he and the sacristan between them I guess put their heads together. And determined what they would do is they they found a solemn blessing for everyone at the end of mass for the Holy yeah. Spirit. That was nice. That was that was very that was very. And they they I noticed that they had deliberately printed out the uh, the specific suggestions for the mass from the uh, from the Society of Catholic Scientists, which I was following along in my handy uh, missile. And uh, it, it was the first the reading and the psalm were from. 
what are suggested for the Feast of St. Albert the Great, but they went and picked a different verse for the Alleluia and a different gospel. Ah. Gospel did they pick? It's been a couple of days. Um, oh, it was the gospel where uh, where uh, the kingdom of God is like people with a dragnet, and they dredge up all of this stuff, and they bring it to the shoreline, and what mm-hmm. is useful they put in vessels, and what is not useful they throw away. As a, uh-huh. as a parable for the last judgment, and it, and it's also, and uh, Father Larry took it in the direction of. I hope he's. I hope his birth certificate name is Father Lawrence. I have no idea. Um, huh. But he took it in the direction of that is, after all, in a way, what scientists do. Hmm. We take, we dredge up, we dredge up these ideas, and we compare them to reality, and the ones that don't fit, we throw away. I mean. That's I'm I'm reading my own interpretation into that. Uh, yeah, but that's interesting. As, much as 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 I am reporting his, but yeah, so it was a uh, it was a peculiar and interesting and and indeed in the end appropriate uh, reading. So yeah, so it was nice, and it was uh, having having been to a number of I don't know I've probably been to a mass on Friday evening at the cathedral once, but um, it was pretty full. It was more full than I usually come on a Tuesday. Um, if I go to that mass and, uh, it, it was more full than that. The, the, uh, the cathedral in Indianapolis is, I don't know. Have you ever been there, Bill? I actually have. Yeah. You have. Both uh, long ago, uh, uh, back in the seventies, because I was there for a summer uh, for the Indianapolis news, uh, internship that I had. Uh, but more oh, recently, yeah. yeah, uh, we were there for, um, we, and uh, they were using the side chapel, and I guess that's what that's what you use for. Yeah, that was the, the daily yeah. masses there. So it's so if, if you remember, um, it's 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 tucked into a, a block with a lot of buildings actually of comparable size, which yeah. is odd. And it is a very from from Meridian Street. It is a very sort of neoclassical full-on, you know, Corinthian. I, I don't actually know whether it's the full Corinthian uh, column style or not. There's a technical term for that. Corinthian order, I believe, is a technical term, if I'm remembering it correctly. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, which is not really necessarily to my taste. And then the, uh, the, the interior was redone and, you know, in the wake of the Second Vatican Council, I can only assume. And it's, it's, very, it's very prosaic, that sort of main sanctuary. Uh-huh. Um, but the side chapel is delightfully um, hello, almost Baroque. Yeah, it is, huh? it is very. It's it's got a lot of mosaics, and it has some um, stained glass windows. And above the altar, there's a stained glass window of the sa- of, of Jesus with the Sacred Heart sitting at the table for the Last Supper. You know, holding the elements of the Eucharist, or at least one of them, at least the bread. So right. it's it's it just it's just a completely different feel from the uh, from the main sanctuary. So it is an interesting yeah. It is an interesting yes space. yeah. So no, that's it was good. Very, yeah, very cozy space. <clears throat> very nice, very nice. And um, now, uh, who was the priest who had helped you uh, plan it from the from the start? And was he there as well as he, kind of no, celebrating? Um, in fact, when I talked to Father uh, Pat Beidelman, who I believe is the actual pastor or rector of the cathedral. Um, he, yeah, he's the rector. Technically the archbishop would be the pastor of the cathedral. Um, 
he said he had, he had said when I talked to him back in September, I think that uh, he would be traveling this weekend. So oh, I think you at that point. So and so and we had uh, we had uh, a reporter from the local Catholic newspaper, Natalie Hofer, uh, showed yeah, up. That, and that's uh, great. She interviewed people. She interviewed several people. She wandered around the table at dinner afterwards. Isn't that so, great? Indianapolis, of course, you know, even those listeners who have, you know, never set foot in the Midwest might be aware that there is this big automobile race in Indianapolis every May. <laughs> right. Sort of the one thing that Indianapolis is at all famous for. Certainly right. before Peyton Manning uh, was the one thing Indianapolis <laughs> was at all famous for. So, right. uh, uh, but yeah, so... Indianapolis, you know, it's not a complete accident that Indianapolis has a world-famous race track. I mean, it's somewhat an accident, but uh, there was, in the early, early days of the automobile industry, there were actually quite a few automobile manufacturers, and I think to this day there's still some automobile components manufacturers, like Allison Transmission, for example, it's a big employer, so mm-hmm. Indianapolis down to this day, and I think they're actually located out in Speedway. Um, and Allison uh-huh. actually was one of the people who was one of the founding investors in the Speedway itself back circa 1910. Wow. So, um, yeah. But uh, so there's a, a the Stutz building. If you're really into automobile history, um, you might actually remember that at one time the car that held the land speed record. And you may not even know that that's, uh, that people keep track of that. But people keep track of that. <laughs> And at one time, I think for a while, it was held by a or the Stutz Blackhawk, which there were a lot of uh, German <laughs> German names among car manufacturers yeah. in Indianapolis because there were a lot of well, you know, Germans. So a lot of them came over from the old country and settled in Indiana. If you're if you're a Catholic in Central or Southern Indiana, you're either German or you're Irish. Uh huh. Pretty much. Um, there, there are a few Italians and so forth that came and settled in, in you know, the biggish town like Indianapolis. But for the most part, you're either German or Irish. So there's, uh, I think, Duesenberg was here and Stutz and um, a few others. That, you know, names were escaping me, but yeah, I so, remember so here Blackhawk in the 30s. I think set the land speed record on some, you know, Bonneville Salt Flats or somewhere, somewhere else, very, very flat. That's it. Right. Right. So the Stutz really, building, the only reason I bring that up is that that's where we had uh, our dinner afterward. There was a restaurant called Bearcats, which is apparently named after a different Stutz car. Um, there are these three buildings along 10th Street, not too far from the cathedral, that are, uh, that, are you know, that used to be uh, part of the Stutz Manufacturing Company. Yeah. No, I remember my father talking about the, uh, he, he called it the Stutz Bearcat. The Stutz. But Stutz okay. is the proper German Oh, I'm, it's, it's my attempt at getting a little closer to the proper German pronunciation. That's uh, all I uh-huh. think myself. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so, uh, tell me more about the actual. Um, uh, what what made the mass particularly a gold mass? Uh, kind of just uh, walk walk me through it. Um, well, I mean, it was. Uh, I mean, it was first and foremost a gold mass because. Uh, it was it was laid open and mentioned to the public that uh, you know Catholic scientists and anyone who wants to celebrate the vocation of Catholic scientists was welcome to attend. That's really that's really the purpose. Fair enough. And uh, and and readings were especially selected 
for yeah, it. Yeah, they were, they were related to the life and mission. I mean, of course, they're from the, the scripture, so they're, you know, they weren't specifically about St. Albert, but right, um, right. certainly the, the readings were related to the mission. Of, I mean, because, of course, Albert the Great is a doctor of the church. He's yeah. most famous as the uh, the teacher and champion because he outlived uh, Thomas Aquinas, but uh, you know, as, as the champion, Thomas is teaching. And uh, but but of course, Albert the Great was a, a theologian and a philosopher and a natural philosopher, as it was in the day. You know what we now call science. Um, hmm. But he he was he was certainly someone who in in the style of that era was involved in the importation of the wisdom, you know, that descended from the Greeks and had been preserved in the East to some degree among the Byzantines and to some degree among the Arabs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after the, after the crusades in particular, um, but also just simply because Western Europe was sort of coming back out of the political shock uh, that ended the Western empire, and really sort of coming out of, I mean, I've written an interesting book in just the past couple of weeks called Roman Science. And even, mm-hmm. even in their heyday, the Romans were never all that enthused about getting their science right, about getting their sort of theoretical science Is that right? right. Yeah. <laughs> it was, this guy, you know, no, no visible enthusiasm for Christianity or the Christian mission. But, uh, but he was certainly like, you know, it's, you can't, really blame it on the monks uh they were just doing what the romans had done before them that you know plenty the great is about as good as they get and plenty the great had no real in his estimation and to the way he describes it most other people's estimation no real ability to distinguish between the quality of his sources he'll you know he'll report the most outrageous stuff about geography and geology and you know strange beings that theoretically live in Africa when you get too close to the torrid zone and so forth but huh. yeah that's uh yeah so it's um but Albert the Great was part of that uh, 13th century in particular in the 13th century it had been growing in the 12th century and even the 11th but that was really a high point in terms of western culture western european culture really st- taking in seriously and starting to integrate into its own thought and starting to actually get to the point where it could build upon what it inherited from antiquity, what it inherited from Greek mathematicians and Greek scientists and philosophers, um, as well as the Byzantines and the fathers of the church and the, and the Arab commentators. Really? So uh, that was, that was when it was all starting to come together and we were actually getting to the point where, we, you know, speaking of someone who's mostly German of descent, we're finally yeah. getting to the point where we were going to start making our contribution. Right, right. To, uh, yeah, to, to the intellectual heritage of humanity. So, yeah. But Albert the Great is right in the thick of that. And, and he is uh, one of the patrons of natural science. Yeah, and one of the patrons. Uh, that, that's, a, that's an interesting point. It's yeah. uh, there. I guess uh, maybe particular sub branches of uh, of science have their own patrons. You know, I uh, you know I, I, I suspect there are particular patrons for astronomy, physics, maybe even probably chemistry. I don't know about geology. If not, if mm. Nicholas Steno is not the patron saint of geology, if he's, I guess he just book blessed Nicholas Steno still. So. Um, He's blessed. Uh. I think so. I don't remember. Uh, this is this is not a good day to you know. I I did not uh, 
I did not bone up on this stuff before we started. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. So we can, uh, uh, yeah, freely. yeah. So mm-hmm. that's, that's, no, I mean, it was it was it was a it was a remarkable and yet unremarkable event. You know, it wasn't meant to be a remarkable event. It's just meant to be a slice right. of human life. You know, let's let's get together. Let's celebrate. You know, the the memorial of Jesus' sacrifice that is there for all of humanity, no matter what we're doing, no matter right. what we're calling in life is. And let's, you know, let's have a little fellowship and then talk to each other. And I was fortunate enough that there were a few people. Uh, one of one of the people who attended the Mass, I had specially invited her, was suggested actually because I, the, the reporter for the Criterion is someone I knew 10 years ago when I lived in Indianapolis as well. And she's, ah, yeah. oh, I should talk to Trina. Oh, yeah, I should I should invite Trina. So Trina is a uh, medical uh technologist. She works in a uh, microbiology lab for oh. Eskenazi Hospital here in Indianapolis, associated with Indiana University. So, so oh. she, she and a, she, a friend of hers were sitting down at my end of the table, and, and those are the people I mostly talk to, although I certainly, I, I passed a, uh, a sheet around so that we could have some contact information, and I hope to uh, I hope to maybe have lunch or something with some of the other people that attended. Uh, we'll try to get together. I mean, because that's just the thing. It's It's you know, it's, it's so easy, and it's so easy for me, given exactly how my life has uh, transpired, but it's easy for us in the contemporary world in general to be so isolated and you know, just do our thing and then go home and watch Netflix or go home and yeah. drive our children around all of these sports events that we think they need to go to, uh, or right. what have you. Um, whatever it is that soaks up all of our time outside of work. And, yeah, you know, it's, and that's it's yeah, that's that's one of the it's one of the shortcomings of our contemporary culture. Every culture yeah. has its shortcomings. Those those are some of ours. So yeah, and uh, did you sense that there was interest among the people, especially at the dinner, uh, to somehow continue uh, or build a, an affiliation with the Society of Catholic Scientists? We I mean, certainly a, a desire to continue fellowship. Um, I mean, I think a lot of them don't really know anything about the Society of Catholic Scientists to speak of at this point. So yeah. they, they saw that this was going on, and they were happy about that. It's the beginning. so Exactly. And uh, at least you know who was there, and perhaps further email outreach during the year could gradually cultivate some kind of ongoing, uh, you know, relationships. That's the hope. Yeah. 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 I can't... Uh, force all this to happen myself it will you know no 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 you got to kind of trust the holy spirit to be the great networker yeah uh, with that that wraps up our our discussion about the indianapolis gold mass per se we're going to talk a little bit now about the readings and the vocation of being a scientist in the light of those readings and of course it's one of those where you must you must flip to the uh, appendix albert the great doctor of the church first reading syrac 15 uh, one two six on page twenty two oh six. And I'm going to look meanwhile at my online Magnificat to see what were the um, originally planned readings for for that day and whether they mentioned whether they gave a like a uh, a, a reading from something that Saint Albert wrote. Or whatever. Oh, yeah, there is, a, there is, of course, because um, St. Albert is a doctor of the church, therefore he's famous for having writings. So in the Office of Readings for the Day, there is an extract from one of his writings. What was that? Yeah. That I would have to go find. But the reading from the Book of Slayer, He who fears the Lord will do this. He who's practiced in the law will come to wisdom. 
Mother-like, she will meet him. Like a young bride, she will embrace him. Nourish him with the bread of understanding and give him the water of learning to drink. He will lean upon her and not fall. He will trust in her and not be put to shame. She will exalt him above his fellows. And in the midst of the assembly, she will open his mouth and fill him with the spirit of wisdom and understanding and clothe him with the robe of glory. Joy and gladness he will find and an everlasting name he will inherit. So mm. it's, it's, a, it's, it's what happens if you give yourself to wisdom. Yes, I like that. Yes. And here's just a couple of sentences from the very beginning of the... Uh, of the um, uh, mass section of the Magnificat for that day. It says, uh, confident of the use of reason in the service of faith, Albert interpreted the works of Aristotle for the medieval schoolmen. He was the great scientist of his age, devoted to careful observation. Quote, the aim of natural science is not simply to accept the statements of others, but to investigate the causes that are at work at nature, he said. Toward the end of his life, Albert suffered from memory loss. He died in 1280 in his Dominican habit, surrounded by his fellow friars. Mm-hmm. And, but, and that sounds like it might have been uh, associated with the uh, father's remarks uh, regarding uh, the, you know, kind of the, uh, the calling of, you know, uh, the, uh, the actual truths from truths that are further uh, studied and or uh, you know uh, errors that that could otherwise creep in scientists are kind of uh, guardians uh, of uh, you know they're, they're 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 in a sense gatekeepers of of scientific truth and uh, of of natural facts uh, yeah. uh, facts of nature eh? and to, um, some, to some extent i mean it's it's both it's both good and bad and somewhat inevitable that we treat scientists today as, you know, as a sort of priesthood, you know, yes. custodians over mysteries that we ordinary mortals cannot understand um, because we simply don't, you know, we don't have all of the training, although, you know, we could, we could do better than we probably do on average in terms of being able to, to at least do a first level of, uh, criticism and understanding of of the how these things come to be these these things come to be public knowledge for these for scientists to tell us yes yeah the uh the, the first reading we would have actually done just fine to keep the uh, the regular sequence of readings for the year this was also right. a reading from well this is you know syrac and wisdom are from the same you know the other books, as as they the Jewish tradition calls them, but right, right, the book of wisdom. Men by were by nature foolish, or in ignorance of God, and for, from the good things seen did not succeed in knowing Him who is, and from studying the works did not discern the artisan. But either fire or wind, or the swift air, the circuit of the stars, or the mighty water, the luminaries of heaven, the governors of the world, they considered gods. Now, if out of joy in their beauty they thought them gods, let them know how far more excellent is the Lord than these, for the original source of beauty fashioned them. That, I have to think, was a scripture near and dear to Albert the Great's heart. Indeed. Indeed, yeah. And that is the Uh, whole point of being a scientist of faith, is to recognize that. Is that, in fact, these things are beautiful and fascinating. Um, And it's, it's it's a step of improvement 
to go from, you know, busying yourself and, and occupying yourself with the truly trivial things that, you know, are, are available for all of us to bury ourselves in if we choose to. Um, yeah. and, and to take a broader look at creation on a larger scale than ourselves, that's a step in the right direction. That's not the final step, but it's certainly a step in the right direction. That's right. Yes. Yes. But, but it sounds like it's um, both a, uh, a good time to have such a mass and the mass itself is a worthy effort at uh, building solidarity, at least in terms of awareness of each other and potential uh, support for each other that uh, extends throughout the year uh, for scientists and for people who just uh, appreciate science and its compatibility with faith. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, well, I, uh, I think that uh, Indianapolis is, is a great place to be having one of these precisely because of the, uh, of the wealth of uh, scientific activity and engineering activity and all going on there and Lily's presence. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, really cool to have, to have that as one of the growing lists of places to do it. If you enjoyed this episode, or it made you think, come on over to That's So Second Millennium's Facebook page and leave a comment or ask a question. We'd love to hear from you.